Welcome, Internet, to year two of the Pixel Play podcast, your weekly podcast where we get together to discuss all the news, rumors, and discussions going on in the video game world. I am one of your co-hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host, Adam, CS Radical. In this week's episode, we are going to be reviewing our predictions that we had for game scores for 2021, look ahead of what we think is coming in 2022, talk about PSVR 2 being announced, and we're going to be talking about was Days Gone a failure? All that and more in this week's episode. A couple of housekeeping items this week, guys, this year, guys, our goal is to get to 100 subscribers. So what we're asking you guys to do is if you guys are listening to us already and you like what you hear, please share it with your friends, your family. We've always encouraged you to do that. But we're also encouraging you guys this year to go and give us a review wherever you are listening to us. What we're going to be doing is if you leave us a review and send it to us, or if we find it, we are going to share, uh, we're going to give you guys a shout out at the end of each month. So please go ahead and give us those reviews. Adam, uh, with that all being said, let's get into it. How are you doing? Welcome to 2022. It's been a while. How were your holidays? Uh, really good. And, I, and I'm really proud of, of something that I don't think I've ever done before. I have gone through the first full week of a new year and never wrote the date wrong. I can't believe it. I actually did it once. Now, to be fair, how many times have you written the date so far? Uh, at least 50 times. I have to write really? dates on a lot of things I, I do paperwork for. So Interesting interesting see i have not had to write the date once yet so i'm still i still have that you know plethora of you know those 50 or so times you have to write 2021 oh crap i mean 2022 now now granted i cheated on the first one because i was sitting next to a computer writing down the date that i was doing my uh, my covid guidelines thing before i went into work mm-hmm. so i'm like oh yeah it's this year but no it usually like that first like couple of weeks it's always a struggle it hasn't been and it's weird because i usually mess it up so many times to be january is a nightmare we're just done with 2021 and like you know we're no one's clinging to that let it go well i'm not assuming 2022 is gonna be much different so who knows maybe maybe it would be the perfect time to be writing the same year down hell i should still be writing 2020 down because it still feels the bloody same it's all bleeding into one right it pretty much is i feel like (laughs) i don't think we've actually gone through two different years over the over this entire pandemic i do feel like just time has slowed down to a point that i'm i'm like i feel like we're in a in a loop of sorts not a death loop but a loop (laughs) That's yeah. the best video game reference I can pull. Off I was here, gonna so. say that. You know, where are you going with that one? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm glad to glad to hear that you won't, haven't screwed up the date yet. Um, I don't know. I think 2022's got some promise. We'll circle back in here and see how that lands. I mean, but, if you look at the game release dates, it's not really that promising. We have like three months of promise so far. Dude, we have a strong front end already, and that we still have stuff coming down the pipe like yeah but when pumped. you remember the good old days of like e3 you know actually being a thing that happens in person which obviously is a story we can't even bother to put in with all the stuff we got on this episode but like usually you got six to nine months of content ready to go and we're looking at this year being like oh boy even april's not looking too big right you know now. what given the fact that we've been dealing with a pandemic the the past years like i am impressed and just thankful oh, that don't we get me wrong to begin with don't get me wrong. I, th- I think we've got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. It's just, again, it's that jarring visual of, man, you're used to seeing so much more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hope it's, I think it's going to be paced out a little bit better this year. So I'm kind of excited. But before we start looking ahead to 2022, let's look back to 2021. Um, early listeners of the show, you guys might remember this time roughly last year, 
Adam and I went through our predictions in terms of what we thought game releases were going to be coming out uh, and what we thought the scores were going to be. So, Adam, I think if I recall, we were doing prices right rules in the sense of. Yeah, it was if you you go over, nobody wins. Yes. But if you land it, if you get it 100 percent correct, it is worth two points, right? I don't know if we did that rule, but I mean, I can certainly adjust to, to being as such. No, it's totally fine. That's whatever you want to do. You are the official scorekeeper of this, so I'm trusting you. So with that, I pass it over to you, sir. So maybe you can let the readers know the game. Like, well, uh, do you want to do it like, oh, one, like we'll do one game each? I got it perfectly in order here. So, um, okay, cool. you know what? I'll let you have the reins, sir. We did a total of 10 games. We guessed that. We figured if if a tiebreaker needed to be uh, happening, we, we didn't think that far ahead. So we'll see what happens when we get there. Uh, the Wait, first... is, are, you, are you spoiling it already? What? No, I didn't say anything. What? <laughs> um, we started off with Resident Evil 8 Village. Uh, there were a couple of games on the list that we consider whether they were coming out or not. Obviously, Resident Evil 8 Village seemed like one of the very few that was like a guarantee to be released. Uh, I put it up at an 88. My brain power being that they would continue to feed off of what the last Resident Evil game did. You were a little more conservative with an 82. You just obviously think, well, I can't, I can't possibly go over 88. I mean, 90s are pretty hard to come by. So, you know, you had good math there. And it did pay off. Resident Evil uh, 8 Village is currently sitting at an average of 84. Yeah. So that is one nothing for Kalen. But I want to remind you, you did really good when we were doing our Game Awards things, and then you faltered, so be careful. No, no, not this time. <laughs> uh, next up was Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Uh, we had... I think I did well in this. No, no, you know, I will spoil that one. No, you did not. You went with a 79. You were way undershooting that. Probably because the first Ratchet and Clank was fine, but it, it didn't blow things away. And you, I think you also thought that the, if I remember correctly, like the rifting thing might not have really given it nearly as much. Like, Which I was totally right. It was totally just a quick, like, circumstantial thing. Well, it seems everybody else loved it because uh, I gave it an 83. The overall is at 88 because it's only one console I have to really look off of. Now, unfortunately for me, it doesn't mean I get an extra point because we did make a deal that I said it could actually be as high as a 91, but I'll stick with the 88. And you were like, well, if it gets above a 91, that'll be two points. I, I, I was wrong on that front. So it didn't quite work out in my favor that way, but it is a point for me nonetheless. It is a 1-1 tie. After that, uh, we have God of War Ragnarok. I thought this was going to be a game of the year potential. And I gave it a 90. You were the smart one and said it wasn't going to come out in 2021. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that that kind of worked out in your favor, didn't it? Oh, I, you know what? It hurts that I'm right. Like, I, I'm i happy that I'm right, but I would really wish I was wrong. So I yeah, it is one of those games year. you're like, I would have loved to be right. Though, or loved to be wrong. Though. I mean, it's still t- TBA, but you got to figure. I mean, we hear it's the rumors. We hear the rumors of Sony doing a, an another. Their next thing is going to be in February. So. There's a rumor every year that they're going to do their big thing. Well, this is the one that's kind of caught. Like, there hasn't been a January one, so February seems to be a little bit more sensible, especially with Horizon almost out. Like, they make it would make sense that they would do one on the heels of Horizon coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you got the point there for not releasing. So, you know, that's a, that's a weird way to get a point, but it's a point nonetheless. It's 2-1 for Kalen. Uh, the next one is a complete wipe because it's Horizon Forbidden West. We both gave scores, and it means nothing because the game doesn't exist as well. That will be something we, I guess, we have to push into 2022. I mean, just for just for collection's sake, you put out an 83, I put out a 91. 
I am admittedly, I said before the show, I'm a little bit worried that I might end up not liking it as much as I think I will because open world games as of late have not triggered me very strongly. No, so I I'm, I'm a Sony little Man. bit worried about it. Sony exclusive. Who knows? Could Tr- be. Trust on the exclusive. It should be really good. I'm hoping it is. I mean, I want it to be, but yeah. Right. I don't know. My concern with it is that like, and I haven't seen a lot. I haven't, I've been trying to go radio silent on it, but my concern is it's going to feel too much like more horizon forbidden West. Or Zero Dawn, you mean? Uh, sorry, yeah, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna feel more like more Horizon Forbidden West. You know, you know, what my honest like worry is, I don't know if the water sections are gonna be any good. That's my that's my. If the water sections are awesome, I have more confidence going in. But I'm a little bit worried that an open world with water is gonna be a little bit nah. weird. I hope I hope like the thing that I think that they need to fix is the traversal. The traversal was really the biggest issue with the first one, and I think that you know if they could fix it and like the underwater, I think will be fine. Yep. Uh, next up, we had Back for Blood. You went with the one dollar on that one because you thought there was a pretty good chance of it going real low, and I had it at seventy-seven. I'm a coward. Uh, here's the thing: you were you 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 were in the right that it wasn't going to get a high score, but it was a seventy-seven on the dot. I you know what I think. Uh, yeah. So that's two points for me. I'll give you two points on that one. Wait, wait, wait. But then do I get two points for God of War then? Because I called that one out coming out. That, that's saying that's saying zero. <laughs> and I was that? right. <laughs> you just All gave... right, go ahead. Two points for you. I think it's a little I think it's a little bit harder to guess a no release than it is to guess a number out of well, realistically, it's like a number out of 40 because there's never going to be anything below 60 usually. I mean, Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition? Okay, but we also did know that was going to exist, and I think I, all of us probably would have bet low on that one anyway. <laughs> Not that low. Oh, yeah, I don't think I would have gone that low. But Either way, that would make it 3-2 for me. Okay. Halo Infinite. We both severely undershot this one. <laughs> you went with a 75. I unfortunately win just on being a little bit higher, but at a 78 when the game is currently sitting at 87, neither of us looked too good on that pick. <laughs> Now, I'm, but I'm hearing mixed messages. Like, I feel like that game, like I'm hearing mixed things from people that I talk to. Like some love it, some hate it, some like it, but there's problems with it. Like that seems like a very, that, that seems to run the gambit. In terms I, I'm of hearing like you that. say that just reviewers are bought off. I think, I think you're just feeding into that conspiracy there, Kalen. You believe in reviewers? Uh, no, I don't believe in anything actually. <laughs> So yeah, that makes it 4-2 for moi. That's a little French for you guys there. Uh, Deathloop, since since I made the reference earlier, up next, I gave it a 74 because I was really worried about it. You still gave it a little bit more, uh, a little more of a fair shake at an 80. We were still both really off, you know, as it was obviously a game of the year candidate, but at 88, that still means Kalen gets a victory regardless. Isn't it ironic that I put it so low and it ended up being my game of the year last year? It's, well, I mean, it might be a really good game whenever I get around to it too. Who knows? But It will be, you know. I, I can't I can't wait to come on here and be like, meh. But I, I, I know I'm going to eat crow when I end up saying this game was freaking awesome. But hey, right. that is that is a potential 2023 problem based on how my backlog is working. So. Why haven't you gotten that game yet? Like it was on like for like 30 bucks at, on Boxing Day. Like I'm what, still, what are you waiting for? To because pull the I'm so nervous about how I've never like dishonored my brains. Like I need I need 1999 for this thing for me to trust it. Also, my backlog is so big. There's no reason for me to buy it because it wouldn't even be like the third thing mm. I play right now. I'm just waiting for you to come on the one day and be like, I have seen the light, Kalen. 
I, I, I am with you now. Deathloop game of the year 2021. Well, you're just gonna have to hang on for quite a while longer at the rate things are going. So, you know, just 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 hold tight there, bud. But yeah, that puts you up or I think that's no, that ties us uh four to four. Okay. Then we go to Far Cry six, where we both lose on the basis of it being even worse than we thought it would be. I went with a seventy eight, you went with a seventy five. Its average is currently at seventy four. Oh so just barely. So you almost got the extra point too, but just missed it by that much. I'm not surprised though that it didn't end up being nearly as interesting as people wanted it to be. Because again, I, I've been saying it since Far Cry Three. The only reason I like Five is because there's a bit of you know fun in taking away you know cultists. That's fun. <laughs> but like I played Four and went, this is literally Three, but I I hate the people that I'm supposed to be fighting for even more. Mm-hmm. So like. I don't like this at all. And they, I think they were going with like everybody liking Voss and they're like, Oh, you you really want cool villains. I'm like, no, 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 you, you misunderstood what we liked about Voss. Yeah. He was just entertaining. Pagan men was like, like they, they were trying to make him like a Deadpoolish villain. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're you're misunderstanding why we actually like villains sometimes. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, okay, but the- in this game, one of your favorite actors are in there. And well, me first was like, well, I didn't watch Breaking Bad, so it doesn't apply to me. But then secondly, I think I shouldn't be liking the villains. Stop. I still can't get over the fact you haven't seen Breaking Bad. I just, I don't watch a lot of live action TV, to be honest. That's a, sh- that's a show. You it's real. It's the, it's the Expanse and the Man in the High Castle are like my two big ones. And that, well, not counting Marvel shows, but otherwise, like outside of Marvel, it's literally the, been those two. And that's mostly it. Give Breaking Bad a shot. You will once again come back and say, wow. I mean, it'll probably be similar to what I did with Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, where everybody talks so much about it. And I'm like, I mean, I can see why some people like it, but I, I don't care much. I'd say Breaking Bad holds up. We'll see. But again, that comes around to, OK, well, I still have a massive game backlog and also a crap ton of anime that I've missed over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. too. So it's it. I can add it to the list. I just can't guarantee I'm going to get to that list anytime Fair soon. Fair uh, so, yeah, we're still sitting at a four-way or a four-four tie. It's like four-way tie. I'm like, wait, we have no guess here. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, same deal. We gave ratings. I gave a 65. You gave a 76. Doesn't matter. Still hasn't come out yet. So that is a wash. And then lastly, we get to what is now the tiebreaker of Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. You went with an 85. I went, well, as Nintendo, the reviewers really love their Nintendo games, and I went 90. It's and 84, isn't it? with an average score, and by average, I mean a one score, because there's only one console it's available on, Kalen wins because it's an 89. It just yes. missed me. Yes! At, for, at the very beginning, and I was checking this one because it was the first game that came out <laughs> on our review list. And it was sitting at 90 for a while, and then it dropped to 87, and I'm like, oh no, oh no. And then it started going back up, and then as the year ends, it is at an 89. It did not quite make it for me. With a score of 5 to 4. Making all those fake accounts and and just putting on fake reviews just to lower the score totally worked. I mean, all all the fake accounts that I was trying to do to get, get, you know, God of War to actually release, that didn't work (laughs) either. So, you know, I I, I can't say my bot account skills are all that good. With well, a score of five <laughs> to four, Kalen apparently knew 2021 just that much more. Yeah, your boy came through. Suck it, Adam. That's okay. We're technically tied in these, so. Yeah, I guess we are actually. Yeah. So let's uh, let's break it up and let's let's go for round three. 
I honestly don't feel confident about this one. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, Adam, I, I think instead of moving aside from just the video games, because like it's a crapshoot what's going to come out. Uh, I thought we could do five predictions, just general predictions that we think that are going to happen for 2022. And then we can kind of talk and th- see how likely uh, it is going to be. So, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, start it off and we'll go from there do you want me to start with the good ones and work my way down to the bad ones actually i think i might do that i won't even i won't even change my mind on this all right let's do it so this this is a this is this one's personal to me only because you don't you don't play arc system works uh fighting games that'd be the guilty year games or uh rambler fantasy dragon ball z fighters like stuff like that correct um i think they're gonna do a brand new anime licensed series but i don't think it's gonna be one license i think they're gonna try to do what say a jump force was supposed to be and try to do a much more condensed one. Now, I don't think it's going to be like One Piece, Attack on Titan, and all these other franchises. I think they'll work with like a anime studio and get like a couple of their franchises together. I don't know who it could be. They could go work with somebody like, say, Studio Trigger, because I think they already do with uh, a Kill a Kill game they did, but they could do like oh, yeah, of course. a couple of studios and kind of make a, a like a sort of a an, an all-star anime fighter, even mix in some Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue in there if they want, because they already have games like that. They have Blaze Blue cross tag battle or whatever the hell that weird one was called where it mixes like four of their franchises including the persona 4 arena game which also is getting a port this year too so it feels like they're on the train of of still working on newer projects so i kind of went with that as like my big like i hope this one just for me of like they do a 2d fighter with some real with some like actual like different anime instead of just doing like one thing over and over although they always could just you know take another game license and do it too but so what are the chances in this anime fighter that we get Sailor Moon? I mean, I don't know. I, d- I would doubt that one. I, the fact that Sailor Moon has gone away for so long, even though they're, the newer anime has kind of resurfaced them a little bit, I just I don't feel like there would be that kind of outpour anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, like maybe it's like one special character they could bring in it, but again, it re- really have to do with the studios they're working with. But Yeah. Because, I, I mean, know, the also, the history of Sailor Moon games, like, as a side, like, we rarely ever got anything right? here here in, here in the West. Like, if people actually, like, uh, know how many Sailor Moon games there actually were that never got released here, it's, like, it's insane. Like, Japan had so many, including, like, JRPGs, fighter games, like, all those. And we just never saw any of them because Japan doesn't think we were worthy of anything. I mean, remember, they decided to, like skip like 10 final fantasy uh, that's hyperbole but you know what i meant they decided to skip like 10 final fantasy games on us how could we forget i mean technically they almost did that to europe europe's first final fantasy since the original was se- actually i think the first one they ever got was mystic quest i don't think they even got the original mm. sometimes uh japan is a little bit weird with what they like to give you and then they act Japan's- shocked when it does so well here Japan's not one for sharing, apparently. I, I still love when when the Yakuza developers were so shocked how well Yakuza Zero did here. And it's like, yeah, it's because we really like Grand Theft Auto games, and Grand Theft Auto is the same thing every year. So we like it when it's something different. Fair enough. I'll get to Grand Theft Auto later. Ooh. Actually, I think that, no, I took that off my list because I thought that was too easy. I, I, I originally was going to write down GTA 6 will still not be announced in 2023 and 2022. But you I'm like, that, so? might be, that might be a gimme. No, I think it will be this year. And this is not one of my predictions, but I'd say GTA 6 is going to get announced. I just thought about I thought about it. I'm like, nah, I have too many other like good ones or and especially one jokey one that I need to put in there anyway. So I decided Fair to leave enough. that one out. 
All right, so my first one, this is like an easy, I feel like easy, low-hanging fruit. Uh, Xbox Game Pass will be coming to like smart TVs and smart devices. Um, so the actual like USB thing that they were talking yeah. about a while ago? Yeah, I think that's going to be coming out. I think once their, play, once their Xboxes get, you know, kind of saturate the market in the sense that, you know, they're available at the stores when you want them there. I'll say it at least gets announced. Um, yeah, because now that you revealed. mentioned that, like, I don't even think they want to announce it right now because then it would take away from Xbox sales. Mm-hmm. Considering yeah, so the think- quality, the, the, or not the quality, the quantity they have. Yeah, so I'm going to announce that it's it's announced this year um, and then probably released 2023. Um, and that'll be sort of like the thing. Like, they might have one or two that already have it um built in into like some samsung tv or something like that but yeah this will be the year that xbox game pass gets disconnected from the pc and the xbox system well i can uh kind of add on to that i think there will also be more announcements relating to 2023 either pertaining to xbox or sony uh i do think that while it will not be this year there will be either an announcement or a leak of a planned slim or whatever you want to call it system for these two consoles, whether it's one or both, I think there will be at the very least a leak. I would be shocked if there isn't. And I'm not talking like some guy on Twitter saying I've heard from sort. I'm talking like actually like being properly reported, like going through guys like your Jason Schreier's of the world that there will be a slim or whatever they decide to call, whether it's Xbox series XS because they like to make things complicated, um, that there will be an actual, announcement of some sort and it will be not for this year but probably either holidays 2023 or like at least like the framework is being added and it might be something in 2024 when we get an idea of what the chip shortages are starting to look like and then in the future i just hung up on the fact that i really hope when xbox comes up with a slim version of the xbox series x they call it the xbox series xs for extra small yeah if they don't it's just a missed opportunity <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see i don't think because uh, i was putting that up there like they're gonna have like a relaunch version of the console or something like that and i don't think that they will i think that you know with the difficulty that people have had in terms of getting the consoles i don't know if they're gonna necessarily want to release a new console variation especially like with the chip shortage as the way it is i don't think they want to deviate from that i think i'm being pretty bold with this one because you're right like there is that part of me that's like well this might actually be tough just from the chip shortages, so that might be something that, like, even though they might... In a, in a normal console-like generation, I think they would have, but because of Agreed. the chip shortages, it makes you wonder if maybe it's just not going to quite get there. So maybe yeah. maybe I'm making this prediction maybe a year too early, but... I Like, there definitely will, but, I, like, I'm just looking right now. That's and, like, why PS... I added the leak part, because the leak yeah. means that, like, there's talks like it means like they're planning it it's just it's not going to be ready anytime soon yeah well i know for example i'm just looking right here on the xbox or on the playstation 4 and it was about three years just a little shy of three years between the ps4 and the ps4 slim so yeah that that's 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 partially why i added the leak as like a safety feature just in case just just to give myself an extra chance hey, you know on it. yeah you can you can be like that if you want you know little caveats and ways to get out of it if you i can only to. go full safety though i can't just go uh sony will make an announcement in 2022 sony will announce games if i want to make a bold prediction it really should on sony's front it should be uh there will be one state of play this year that does that nobody that people actually don't universally hate but i think that might be too bold yeah um yeah you know what i'm gonna go with uh a nintendo one so i'm gonna say because I, I was reading the line they were talking about um nintendo has like is kind of developing 
the new um Mario Kart 9. I'm going to say that Mario Kart 9 is going to come out is going to be announced and it is going to be a Diddy Kong-esque Mario Kart version. So where you can choose planes, hover cars or cars. Honestly, I kind of don't know where you go from Mario Kart, so I think it's going to be opened and expanded more so it'll have it won't just be Mario Kart, it'll be almost more Nintendo Kart where it'll have other characters. It'll be like a Nintendo All-Stars Kart. Yeah, my friends um, were uh in another Discord putting that around and I immediately said there's going to be flying in it. Because when it said, oh, a new twist, I'm like, well, they're not going to do anything that crazy. So flight, they've already done water and land like they already have paragliding. You can make flying not too difficult at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it just made sense. It seems like the most logical leap. And then one of my friends is like, so like Diddy Kong Racing. I'm like, yeah, don't act like Nintendo hasn't copied shit before. Well, it's been so long since we had Diddy Kong. Like, think about it. Like we had Diddy Kong and Mario Kart right at the same time. And like. I don't feel like they cannibalized on each other, but like they've not done anything with that Diddy Kart, um, Diddy Kong racing. Yeah, the best we got was ever. like Crash Team Racing coming back, but yeah, but that wasn't even Nintendo. No, and that wasn't even Diddy Kong esque. That was just more Mario Kart. Jokes on you! It's going to be like their twist is going to be the most insignificant thing possible, and they'll just feature Diddy Kong as a racer, and that'll be the best they do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, given how like Nint- Nintendo's been with anything sport related, I wouldn't be surprised if whatever their twist is is like. We we all watch and go really that's that's it that that's what you thought of. Yeah. They'll come up with like a one new shell that'll be the big twist. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Unless Nintendo's it would be the logical leap though that it would be right. like flight. Yeah. All right, your turn. Uh, okay. So this is where I stop being nice. This is where I start being a little more pessimistic. Uh, Sony will announce sometime in 2022 what their alternative to Game Pass is going to be, aka their rebranding of PlayStation Now. It will be fairly priced, but we're also still going to look at it like it's barely an upgrade to what they already have. That's that's okay. my that's my sense. Before you dive into this, I'm going to kind of jump in. That that was mine as well. Is that PlayStation will? I put that they will release projects their Project Spartan this summer, um, but it's not going to be the Game Pass killer that you know they're trying to hold yeah it's going to be an alt it's going to be their alternative but we're still going to look at it like it's like not even half the value that's exactly my specific words is that it will only be slightly better than what's already being offered right now with playstation now like i think yeah. at best it's going to be like a marginal improvement because yeah, they don't well, have to about, yeah like uh, one they're not going to put their exclusives on there like day and date because why would they they'll probably then- put one that's been out in the last six months to, to be like here's a big one that you guys have been looking hmm. for but they yeah, won't like miles they won't, morales or something will be yeah on they it. won't they won't come out with it and be like god of war ragnarok will be on it right away it'll be like yeah. let's say they announce it for the summer they'll say forbidden west will be available no not even forbidden west it will probably be if miles it's within morales six or... months i think they would just to get the uptick right away and then immediately cut it like within a month i could see them doing something like returnal ratchet and clank like especially like returnal where like hey Here's a PS5 game that, you know, uh, a lot of you have probably like us have been sitting on it kind of saying, is this for me? Go give it a shot. But yeah, I don't think it'll be the Game Pass killer. And you can find out by looking at our previous episodes where we talk about this Project Spartan. So is that both of our threes? I guess I got to keep going then. Oh, no, I'll go. I'll go this time. I got a spicy one for you right now. Oh, Uh, Cyberpunk. Well, this is kind of not a prediction, but it is a prediction. If it's about the next gen, I'm with you on this too. It is Cyberpunk next gen will be released. And I think where we're going to differ a little bit is I'm going to say people are actually going to come around. They're going to actually give Cyberpunk a shot. And I think there's going to be a um, renaissance in terms of people coming around and being like, hey, this is actually a pretty good game. 
Okay, so my version was the next-gen release will be delayed to the second half of 2022 because it's currently slated for early 2022. And then upon release, it will still be considered a buggy mess, but at least in a playable state. No, I think people... Because, like, the thing I said about Cyberpunk, and I said it before and I'll say it again, that game has problems. It is. I didn't say I was going to hate it. I just said it's still going to be buggy as hell. No. I think I think that they've kind of given up on the on the past gen systems and they are now working on the next gens and I think it's going to be a little bit easier for them cuz like think of how the PC went the PC went pretty well so I think it's going to be received better and I think like deep down there is a good game a good story and like it's a fun RPG game and I think it's just it was bogged down by being tied to the last gen systems and so people a lot of people are probably holding out waiting for the the next gen system update and i don't think cd project red can realistically get away with you know giving out a subpar system so they're not going to release it until one it's ready and they're going to release it when it's like i'm not going to say perfect but when it is impressive because if they release a hot mess again they're done i will say my intent with a lot of these predictions is not to be right I don't like being right with predictions as much as I like that's saying why like, you lose predictions, sir. I know. I, <laughs> I, I know that when I am right, unfortunately, with the really pessimistic stuff I do that I end up like bathing in the glory of it. But I want to be wrong because if I'm wrong, it means it's better. So like I want Sony's alternative to Game Pass to be amazing. I want the next gen Cyberpunk to be amazing because that's what I wanted Cyberpunk to be the first time I got it. So I hope that all of these predictions I make are wrong because it means good things happen. So when win, I guess, yes. position there. See, I'm, I'm going with the sense I'm here to win. I'm, I'm not, you know, saying what I want to happen. I'm saying what will happen based on my Nostradamus reading of the tea leaves. I mean, it's not that I want this to happen in terms of like the bad stuff to happen like Spartan. I do, but, you know, heavy is the crown that wears, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Well, in the end of the day... I, I tend to luck into wins just on the basis of me just always thinking the worst can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, well, I may say that I'm a loser, but at least I'm a loser enjoying the stuff that I was wrong about. That's an optimistic view. <laughs> uh, so was that your number four, too? Or we, uh, or well, that was, that, was, that was my fifth one, but I can obviously go with the last one that I have because it's a pretty quick right. one. Because its release date right now is set for November 11th, my brain goes, Starfield's going to get delayed into, into 2023. Only really? because the, Omic- so? the Omicron virus is starting to screw things up again i feel like this might hinder some development again and because it's so close to like the holiday season my brain's like oh this is looking prime like a march game all of a sudden you see i was gonna put on there like something about starfield like where do you think starfield's gonna fall do you think it's gonna be fa- it's gonna be more of a new vegas skyrim or do you think it's gonna be more of a 76 kind I, of game if i want to be really bold i'm gonna say similar to what um, a lot of people are looking at the next Mass Effect game to be. I feel like we all are going to be completely wrong on what Starfield's going to be. Like, yeah, but a, how do you think it's going to be received? A lot of people are going to be like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, no, a no, lot no, of people I'm are going to be with Mass Effect thinking like it's going to be a continuation of Shepard and, and all the stuff that we love from the trilogy. I think people need to kind of take a step back and wait because, yeah, like it's been a while now. Believe me, th- they've already screwed up one thing. Like, you better be careful with what you wish for because they might do something that completely ruins everything for you. So, kind of hang back. But with Starfield, my brain just goes, We're all just assuming space fallout. And my thing mm-hmm. is, like, well, they already have the Outer Worlds now with Microsoft under, under contract. So, like, they don't need to have competing games doing the same thing. 
I feel like Starfield might be a little bit different than what we all think it's going to be. I don't know specifically what that is, but that's why I'm waiting. But because we haven't seen... If it really was an open world Fallout game, believe me, we would we would have seen footage by now. That's the th- that's the thing with Starfield still not showing anything aside from their cinematic trailers that makes me go, I think they're doing something a little bit a little bit different than than what we're thinking it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a Fallout-esque style game because like typically by this time you'd hear like, oh yeah, Bethesda's in our city on our campus taking pictures and stuff, and I've heard nothing about Bethesda. You'd going see into like space, the, the so faux like, gameplay trailer of somebody getting shot in slow motion with like some superpower being used by now. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm a little apprehensive about Starfield. I mean, I'm like, I'm not trying to be poo poo on this, but like I I can be I don't I don't like Bethesda right now, so I can totally do that for you. (laughs) Well, this is the thing that I'm saying, like in the last two major Bethesda games or have been Fallout 76 and Fallout 4. And I like Fallout 4. I platinumed it. It's whatever. I'm a sucker for Fallout. Like, I love that post-apocalyptic thing. But, like, it was not the strongest entry in terms of, like, a Fallout 3 or a Skyrim or something like that. Like, it was pretty forgettable. Like, and I don't know. I, I like the pedigree that Bethesda has. Like, they haven't had a blowout amazing game. Bethesda Studios, not Bethesda the, the developer. Sorry, not Bethesda the publisher, but Bethesda the, the developer. They're kind of in um, the similar state that like Capcom was in before they started with Monster Hunter World and started just mm-hmm. ham fisting so many gems in a row. So mm-hmm. it's like you feel like maybe Starfield is the one that changes their fortune, but it also could just be a continuation of that of the arc of bad games. Yeah. So it's hard to tell you because you don't again, we haven't even seen gameplay. So we really don't know. But like mm-hmm. we don't know how long this arc goes. It could be a continuous arc until we finally just give up on them. Or it could yep. be you know, this is finally their redemption game and they start like not being absolute dumpster fires again, but maybe being under Microsoft and them not worrying about every other console they got to make for and all these other pressures they're doing. Maybe it helps. Don't know. But Mm -hmm. until then, I mean, I guess with Deathloop, you can kind of get an idea of like, okay, well, at least somebody under their brand can still make a game. But at the same time, it's still Bethesda and we still have that track record of like, well, they seem to do okay if, if it's Doom or something that isn't related to fallout but eh. but those are different studios that's id and that's, and that's you know, well that's the thing well, as soon as you get into bethesda studios it's when it's like well these guys just seem to think if you just put the same thing out every time people will just be like cool it's got a fresh coat of paint i love it and the thing is they haven't started like they haven't done anything different to suggest that like like they have they announced that they're making like a new engine or anything like that or like not that i know of i mean yeah so like they be, haven't changed they might just anything. be using unreal 4 for all we know like who knows but yeah uh for me my last prediction is that the last of us uh multiplayer will be released um but it's going to be it's not going to just be a multiplayer it's going to be a fully fleshed out standalone last of us game and i'm not saying like the same gameplay as we had with last of us one you're, and two, you're, but you're talking be... more like a short story with the multiplayer in it no i think it's going to be like an open world like it's going to be some sort of like i don't want to say it this way but it's going to be like an open world service like almost like a game as a service kind of thing almost like i don't want to call it as a game as a service but it'll be one of those like live multiplayer community like kind of like games. maybe like what destiny does or what kind uh... of yeah like along that it's gonna Even be like, like that state of decay i guess sort of would yeah still yeah that kind of thing like that or or arc or rust or something like that like i think it'll be more akin to that because i mean it's been what three years now since last of us two came out and they were working on the multiplayer before that got released so like work had been done the engine is done 
right? Like a lot of the stuff is already done. So why is it taking them three years to release a multiplayer? And they said that their their scope and what they wanted to do was larger than what they had time. So I think it's I think it's possible. Yeah. So yeah, I think that'll be announced and probably released. I think I think that's gonna get released probably like October, November. And it'll get announced like around E3. Cause like Naughty Dog has to be doing something. Like what what else are they doing right now? Well, apart from like the, the rumored Uncharted, well, the Uncharted remaster, and unless they're secret, they've been secretly working on the next game. But yeah, I just feel like three years to make a multiplayer add-on is a lot. Yeah, but again, we also don't know what the pandemic's kind of done to that flow. So ironic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Adam. So that's uh, any last predictions? Or that was five, right? Yeah, that was five. We kind of mixed in a couple of them, but. If you have more that you want to go for, go for it, but I'm tapped out. Uh, we're still going to be complaining about microtransactions. Activision Blizzard still won't have its shit together. EA still won't have its shit together. Uh, the only hopeful one is that maybe we'll still be to stop talking about NFTs by the end of this year, but I'm not even sure that's a thing. No, that's just starting, my friend. That's just starting. But I think, you know what? Like, I think the NFT conversation, like, it is scummy and it's gross how they're doing it right now, but, like... I don't know the the technology the nft technology and what they want to do is kind of neat that the idea of having permanent you know transferable uh, like items and equipment that can be like passed along like if i'm using something and i pass it along to a friend or something like that like that's kind of cool and, and definitely would be that'd be something that'd be really cool like think of it in like if you're playing like a like a like a Call of Duty or Fortnite or something like that, and you have NFT, and I'm not saying this like I'm not I'm not talking the monetization aspect, but if you have like NFTs where like you have an item that you can craft, and that item can then be, if you get killed, that item can get stolen from you, and then that that someone else has it. Like that's kind of neat. Like that technology of what the NFTs can do is really neat. But I think you know the way that they're going about doing it, it's early days and it's scummy as hell. But like I'm kind of excited for what that technology can do for the future. I mean, as as the resident pessimist in here, I don't trust the games industry with the way that it's been in the last decade to take any of that with any sort of intelligence. Mm. Just pure greed. So I, I would strongly believe that that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen in a way that we look at as being actually like beneficial, nor fairly priced, which is my biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, instead of looking ahead, let's look uh, to what's going on right now. Um, so I think one of the biggest stories that came out late last week, early this week, was the announcement of PSVR 2, so PlayStation VR 2. Uh, we talked about this being rumored and suggested a while ago, but it is now officially confirmed. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to take a little bit from the blogcast from, um, from Hideaki Nishino. Uh, this is from the PlayStation blogcast. Uh, skipping out a little bit of stuff here. Um, so building upon our innovations from the PS5, PlayStation VR 2 adds true next-gen experience with high-fidelity visuals, new sensory features, and enhanced tracking along with simplified single-cord setup. Uh, so from a visual fidelity, high-fidelity visual experience, PSVR 2 offers 4K HDR, 110-degree field of view, and foveated re rendering. With an OLED display, players can expect a resolution of around 2,000 by 2040 per eye and smooth frame rates of 90 to 120 hertz. Um, headset control, headset-based control tracking or controller tracking 
With the inside out tracking, PSVR 2 tracks you and your controllers through integrated cameras embedded in the VR headset. Your movements and direction look uh, you look at are reflected in the game without the need for an external camera. New sensory features. PSVR Sense technology combines eye tracking, headset feedback, 3D audio, and the innovative PSVR 2 Sense controller uh, to create an incredibly deep feeling of immersion. Headset feedback is a new sensory feature that amplifies the sensations of in-game actions from the player. It creates a single built-in motor with vibrations that add intelligent tactile elements, bringing players closer to the gameplay experience. For example, players can feel a character's elevated pulse during tense moments, the rush of objects passing close to the head, and the thrust of the vehicles uh, as the character speeds forward. Additionally, PS5's Tempest 3D audio tech makes sounds in the player's surroundings come alive, adding to this new level of immersion. Uh, Lastly, eye tracking. So uh, with the eye tracking, PSVR 2 detects motions of your eyes. So a simple look in a specific direction can create an additional input for the game character. This allows players to interact more uh, intuitively in new lifelike ways, allowing for a heightened emotional response and enhanced expression that provided a new level of realism. Um, All of these advancements in the PSVR 2, combined with the haptic feedback and adaptive triggers from PSVR 2 Sense controllers, enables players to feel and interact with games in a much more visceral way. PSVR 2 will also have a simple setup process with a single cable connected directly to the PS5. You can immediately jump into the VR experience. Uh, So no release date was done. Uh, They did announce that it's going to be... um, It's going to be coming along with uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain from Gorilla and Fire Sprite. Um, and it's being built specifically for PSVR 2. Uh, Adam, what do you? What are your first of all general thoughts of the PSVR 2? The specs itself are really intriguing mm-hmm. for what it offers. But again, I only care about two things. How much is it costing me? Mm-hmm. And what am I playing on it? And if you're yeah. telling me that there's going to be a Horizon game on it, cool. But again... As we've had, we've had this conversation before with, with PSVR 2 or whatever it's going to be, that library needs to be better. You know, mm. it, it can be cool for like something that you buy but, and get used like for the first little while, but it's got to be something that keeps you coming back to it because you're going to feel stupid if you pay four or $500 for the thing and use it twice every couple of months. Like if you, if you use it like once a month, are you really getting your money's worth out of it? Yeah, that's debatable. So, like, the hope that you have is that what you're paying for is going to be worth playing over and over again since. But at least from what we're seeing in terms of the specs, not only is it a, a decent improvement, it's a great improvement. Mm-hmm. With what they're showing, are you kidding me? That thing looks amazing. Like, I'm excited to see what they do. And I'd love to to be able to use it at some point and experience it for myself. But if I'm going to buy my own, you're going to do a lot better than just tell me about what it's going to have. I need to yeah. know what's it going to play. And I also need how much of a dent in my wallet it's going to, is it going to be, which is the biggest yeah. part of it. What and do you it think doesn't sound like something that's going to be cheap. I was going to say, what do you think the price is going to be for this? 400 US. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I was going to say 499, like Canadian. So, yeah. So 549 Canadian would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, give or take. Um, Which, at that point, uh, you better have a damn good library when I buy that thing. Cause yeah, I feel like... Not a lot is worth 550 bucks to me. Well, with tax, not much is worth a lot of, like, $600 to me. 
I think I think one of the things that they're going to have to do is make it like backwards compatible so that it's like, hey, here's this library already that you have to kind of get into it. I imagine um, it would be. I think yeah. they even mentioned previously that that was the goal. Sony says weird things and constantly goes back on them and stuff. Uh, generations are, are, are breakpoints in games that I remember them saying at one point. Yeah. So like, who knows what they're saying there? But for me, like, I, I think it's cool. Um, I think it needs to kind of like, I think the idea of having like, don't have to worry about cameras anymore is a great idea, I think. But I think the biggest issue is the the fact that it still needs to be attached via a USB-C. I think that's a huge detriment to it. Um, just because one, I mean, think of how many people have their PlayStation set up like vertically. And now you're swinging around with your cables and you're going to start pulling. You're going to see PlayStations getting pulled off of shelves and off of media consoles yeah they really need like some sort of like a wireless dongle that you can charge or something yeah i don't know like i think that's i think that's the biggest thing especially when you start seeing like oculuses and stuff like but i i guess i guess the input lag with bluetoothing a vr headset is probably not a great thing at this point but make it an option like hey if you don't if you because like let's be honest half of the playstation vr games aren't like time sensitive or quick twitchy like no it's but here I mean, look here if, do this. if we're trying to make it into a much bigger system with like a better library you're kind of going to need to make sure that it's going to be not only comfortable yeah. to play but it's going to be responsive yeah i guess that's the one thing that i guess they worry about is that maybe it just won't be as responsive as it needs to be because who knows they may have tried and maybe they just go well we can't get this to to work fast enough that it's just not worth the hassle right now i do think like i, I think we're kind of spoiled because uh, i mean wasn't too long ago. Well, it was a little while ago, but like I remember being a kid and like I had my controller plugged into the into the into the you know Nintendo or PlayStation or whatever, and that that was a way that we just used to do things. And that wasn't very long. Like they were like four or five feet, and like you would just sit right by the TV. So like I feel like we've gotten spoiled and such. But yeah, why yeah, do you think, think I'm wearing glasses? Yeah, <laughs> um, I I think this is going to be a, definitely a step in the direction. Like the first PlayStation VR was designed to be sort of that PlayStation One sort of proof of concept here's what we're trying to do and i think ps vr2 like is hey proof of concept work here's us actually getting into it and i think having i think one of the problems with the ps vr1 was that it was like a half step like they did the vr console like the headset but you were still using those crappy move controllers and they were kind of garbage especially because they didn't have any way for you to like traverse in the game like you had to either do like teleportation or something like that like you oh, i want to go here zoom over there i think i think the dual sense um what the heck do they call them anyways like the little like, controllers the dual yeah dual sense controllers um having that the ability to kind of move with like an analog stick while you look around i think is really cool i think this is definitely gonna be more immersive and i'm skeptical like i still need more details but i'm kind of on board like i bought the first one was it gimmicky as hell? Hell yeah. Did I use it fully? No, I haven't used it in like a year, but I loved it. I don't regret buying it. I still have it. So, yeah. I mean, I'll straight up say like PSVR 2 needs to be that significant step forward. It does. Because Microsoft clearly isn't, isn't has no interest in pursuing it at this point. And to be completely honest, I don't think Steam, Vive, or uh, Oculus are really going to push it. I think if we're going to get a really big forward step in gaming for VR, I think this has to be it now. I think they need to go one step further than that, though. I think it needs to go beyond just gaming. I think they need to start using it for social. Yeah, but what purposes. but what I mean is like they need to show that this is what the platform can do. 
So this yeah. window that they have needs to show that it's not a proof of concept anymore. This is mm-hmm. going to be the future. This whether, is a, 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 whether it leads into AR down the line, but they need to at least say like, okay, it's not just going to be gaming in front of your TV anymore. It's mm-hmm. not just going to be talking to your friends on your TV anymore or using like, you know, what, like what we do with Discord, obviously with webcams. It's like, no, mm-hmm. this is what the future is going to hold. They need to take that steps in some way, in some different form. You prefer the games because it's, fucking playstation thing but you you want to see that accessibility otherwise too i think it i think it's i don't think they necessarily need to go down that route of you know here is the socializing here's how you like i feel like that is where steam and and htc and all and it like would be Oculus a bonus stuff, it'd be a bonus i think what playstation is do is like yeah here is the new like we are the cornerstone of vr gaming and I think the other thing that they need to do is just like make it so that there's other benefits so that like, yeah, your gamers want to play it. But like, if you're, you know, significant other, your mom or dad are like, they're like, they'll want it too, because they'll be like, Oh, I could watch, you know, I could watch a game on this. Like I can, I could watch a sports game. Like I'm in the theaters. Like, could you imagine if Sony had the, put the technology or if anyone had put the technology in the time that, Hey, yeah, COVID's a thing. You know, you can't go to concerts. You can't go to arenas and stuff, but Hey, throw on this headset and you can be like, well, we're going to do a concert here and you're able to watch it live from the, from the auditorium or something. I like feel that. like you're able to watch the game. I feel like I should have put the non-existent money that I have into a company that should have been doing exactly that, where I said, dude, you could make so much money if hmm. you could have like a small section of either a concert venue, a sports venue or whatever else. And just put a camera, a VR camera there and just say, okay, Hey, like you could put, say example, because we're Canadians here, a hockey game. You mm-hmm. can put three different cameras in the arena, one real close, one about midway, Center ice. one in the in the nosebleeds, and you charge different sets for it. Mm-hmm. So you can charge like, I don't know, like 10 bucks for the cheapies and then all the way down to like, I don't know, 50 bucks to watch the game, like, like your front row. Yeah. And you get that full environment. Or same with a concert, you know, it puts you somewhere obviously safe because you can't really put that in 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 the in the floor standing spot. That would be a horrible idea, unless no, but unless, I mean, like, the, concert- unless the entire like gimmick is to you get trampled. But uh, no, but you know what? Because like right now we're not doing concerts live in person. But if you had put like a a VR camera, like hey, we're gonna do a, an in studio session with like this band, right? Like you know, well, any sort um, of any any sort of like vis- or VR experience, basically. You yeah, can, so you it's can just even like, have hey. a setup where, like, I don't know if Sony's like working on because there was the rumors they were going to possibly throw in like Crunchyroll into their PlayStation Now thing. If they end up having some sort of uh, contract with like any sort of um, like movie or television show app, like not a Netflix, I can't see that, but like mm-hmm. in general, like any sort of app to that s- structure. And all you got to do is build this fake, fake ass VR like movie theater place where it looks like you're sitting in a so, theater watching a to movie. Be honest- they actually do have that right now, sort of like you can watch uh, you can watch movies and like TV shows and stream and stuff with the VR screen. Yeah. So like it ends up making it look like a theater. It's kind of wonky because it has like it's not a full 1080p or like 4K. But like I'm thinking you just do VR experiences like, you know, get, you know, imagine dragons to, you know, hey, we're going to put you guys in like this room, like this little studio, do a little concert. We're going to put a VR camera in here. You're now with the band as they're yeah. hanging out, like make it like that's kind of what. Why didn't we do this during the pandemic? We should have done this. There's there's a lot of things that that were missed opportunities because we were too busy just making money hand over fist doing other things like uh, yeah doing this podcast, workers, right? but 
Oh, you meant no, us, not, not particularly yeah, the industry. Well, no, I was talking about us. I have like a two quarters to my name, so I don't know what you're expecting me in terms of the cash flow to do. I don't think I'm getting a loan for any of this stuff. Yeah, I don't even know how VR works, so I don't <laughs> people for this. But. Yeah, uh, look, just because I'm the resident techie on the on the show just doesn't mean I know everything, and I certainly have no clue on that front. But yeah, like, I'm the ideas man. You're the techie guy. Make it happen, man. I got, here's a million dollar idea. All right, I'll push buttons. That's the best I can do. Perfect. Um. Push, no, push like, the button push the, the create button <laughs> to go back to like the gaming aspect of it it really is just going to come down to like we need some major major titles to get on board with it honestly like if if i'm sony i'm working with whoever i need to to get a vr kill zone game or something to that extent yeah. and get that in i i well, don't understand yeah. how we haven't had like a high octane vr shooter yet and i'm not talking like the crappy experiences that we have, like what was the one that was the big, the, the big one for PSVR, the original, I think it was Farpoint or something. Yeah, there's Farpoint. And I think there's one that's like Bravo team. Yeah, but like they're not, they're not major. They're not being well, made. Well, I think the thing that, the th- once again, the thing that hampered it was two, like two things. One was the fact that the PlayStation move controllers did not allow for movement. So it's really hard to do a true, you know, multiplayer or even like a first person shoot because you can't move and then they did that like do you remember that crappy weird looking like pvc like it was a rectangle that was like a controller like yeah a like once again it was like that's not that does that breaks the immersion of me like holding a gun or something like that because i'm just holding some pvc pipe and it was expensive and hard to get like it was like i think 150 bucks and like you can't i don't even think you can find them anymore at the at the end of the day like it needs to be that by the time this generation is done, we look at that library and go, I can't believe how good that was. I can't believe that they got that team to make this. And it also has to be, here. here's here's the real bold hot take that needs to happen. I don't think it has to be like close to the game of the year, but there needs to be something that comes out of VR in this generation that's at least like talked about. It'd be like, dude, like if it was on like an off year it could be a a top five Mm -hmm. like there needs to be that one game that people go this is a big change like this is a game changer literally yeah i think to be honest i think i think the controllers will be the big game changer i don't think i don't think you really need to do much for the vr headset i think it's the controllers and the the inputs were the issue i think with the last but i mean let's be honest most vr games are not a lot of substance it's a gimmick there needs to be games that are like We need like true, like there needs to be a VR game that is not like some small, like 30 minute experience. I'm talking like Mm -hmm. an actual, like full on game. That's going to take you multiple hours to do where we look at it and go, I can't believe they told a story that well. Yeah. The problem is, is who wants to be, who wants to do that? Cause you get, but that's, but that's what needs to happen to make this viable from now on. That's why I'm saying did the last one that did that was Gorilla Cambridge, and then they got closed down. So nobody wants to make VR games. Well, and, and, this is, and this is the problem is they have to here. Here's the unfortunate part for Sony. I don't think financially it's going to be that great an idea, but they need to push through that shit because it's going to be the only way to get this over. You kind of got to you're going to have to take a few hits. You're just going to have to hope that whatever you're doing with everything else you're working on kind of like makes up for it. I think you're going to have to take some hits, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if that means like you're just going to have to pony up some money to get some studios to make some really high quality stuff. That's not going to sell very well, but it's coming out of your pocket that they're making these things or I, I just, I don't know, but I don't, I don't see a future for this 
as a platform without it having a really huge step forward. I'm not talking about a minor step. I'm talking about like a giant leap because I think at this point people are starting to wise up to this being a gimmick. And I th- and I don't want VR to be a gimmick. I want this to be really cool, but I also am in a place where I can't afford to throw that much money at what might just be a gimmick. So that step needs to be taken before a lot of us, especially those that are middle to lower class, go, okay, no, this is worth my time and money now. Instead of, oh, I have one friend that I see once every four months that has it and I can mess with it there. Yeah. Or, hey, there's this VR arcade that's opened up near, like a 30-minute drive from my place. I'll go try a couple things there. Like It, it needs mm-hmm. to be, this is worth $500 to put in my house. And I don't think we're there. And that's why it needs to be that step this, this time. Yeah. Keeping with PlayStation, but moving beyond uh, VR, let's talk, uh, was Days Gone a failure or a flop? So uh, this is going to be a two-part story coming from uh, Wesley LeBlanc at Game Informer. So the original story was uh, published on January 6th. Days Gone has sold at least 9 million copies, according to its director. Yesterday, Game Informer reported that Sucker Punch production Samurai game Ghost of Tsushima has sold more than 8 million copies. Quite the feat, especially for a new IP from the developer. According, according to former Days Gone director Jeff Ross, Pacific Northwest zombie titles sold even more copies than Ghost of Tsushima, but instead of the warm reception Ghost of Tsushima received for its sales, PlayStation viewed it as a big disappointment. They quote, at the time I left Sony, December 8, 2020, Days Gone had been out for a year and a half and a month uh, and sold over 8 million copies, Ross wrote in a quote tweet of Game Informer's Ghost of Tsushima story, but its latest sales milestone. It's gone on to sell more and then a million plus on Steam. Local studio management always made us feel like it was a big disappointment. And they continue. This isn't necessarily a surprising sentiment from Ross, as others have pointed out Sony and PlayStation's awkward PR play for the game. As noted by Benji Sales, a popular video game sales and business analyst on Twitter back in January of 2020, Days Gone was the best-selling PS4 exclusive on PSN in 2019, and it also held a spot in the top 10 best-selling digital games for the entire year. Benji Sales even joked that Sony won't do PR on the sales success of the game, but it'll keep pointing it out for them. Uh, back in April of 2021, Ross alluded to the fact uh, that Days Gone did not make enough money to greenlight a sequel for the Ben for the sequel Ben pitched this to PlayStation, and he also shared some details on what Days Gone 2 would have been like. Uh, Ross has expressed his disappointment in the lack of further Days Gone development. There's probably something to be said of Ross's departure from the studio following the release of Days Gone, which he's now revealed was viewed by local management, likely local Sony and PlayStation management, as a big disappointment. Um, so he, and then he goes on to say the former Ben director touched further on his initial tweet in the reply section, revealing that he's not sure if current Ben developers are unhappy with management. In reply to someone asking if that's the case, Ross said, in my case, there were years of issues to work through. He also revealed that the lack of official sales discussion from Sony and a possible sequel wasn't ever explained well, citing in a different tweet that despite that despite that former Sony executive entertainment worldwide studios chairman, Sean Layden, who left the company in 2018, was days gone and Ben's biggest advocate. So that came out, and then a couple days later, uh, there was an update to the story. Uh, A day later, they wrote... um... So yesterday, Game Informer reported that Days Gone director Jeff Ross and Ben Studio's latest game sold more than Ghost of Tsushima, which recently hit a milestone of selling 8 million copies. 
However, in a recent live stream with former God of War and Twisted Metal director David Jaffe, Ross revealed that his source for these sales numbers was a now defunct website called GameStat, which tracks PlayStation trophy data as reported by Push Square. Here's what Ross said. Where I got this data from, I had access to a lot of telemetry and I could see stuff and where we went at 5 million, where we were at 5 million copies. When we were, when we were announced at 5 million copies, the telemetry was uh, at 5.8 million. There are basically resells or shared disks. I was actually using an external website. I think they're offline now, but they're using a trophy data and it lined up with our internal telemetry data. So for me, it's like good enough. Ross then said that when leaving Sony, you don't necessarily get final numbers for game sales. Ross also said that as a creative director, he didn't have access to the complete official Sony numbers. I think GameStat still has that data archived. Ross continue based off 8 million mark in master telemetry. So I'm like, good enough. So maybe it was 7.7 million ish. Maybe it was 8.2 million ish. I don't know. Following the stream, Ross tweeted that the today that he stands by the days gone sales numbers he revealed earlier this week and that using in game use that in using GameStat to cross reference telemetry he referred to above each set of data verified one another. During Jaffe's stream, Ross also said the telemetry he's referring to was seen by him before Days Gone was released as a PlayStation Plus title in 2021. So, yeah, uh, continuing on, uh, the players that earn the trophies from the used copies of Days Gone would be lumped into the players that purchase new copies of Days Gone, thus skewing the total numbers Ross cited as copies sold. So while Days Gone likely did sell millions, the 8 million copies sold plus 1 million on Steam is likely not completely accurate. Ross, I also clarified that when he said Days Gone was disappointment to local studio management, he was referring to upper management within Ben Studio and not necessarily PlayStation or Sony management. So my question to you, one, what do you make of the article? But the real question I have for you is like, was was Days Gone a failure or disappointment? So I'll address the, the question right off the bat that is being, I guess, the big article headline, which is, you know, whether or not they sold 8 million copies or not, to which the answer is, I don't care, because I don't think it means anything. A game can sell 8 million copies, but what was the price it was being purchased at? When was it being purchased? Why was it being purchased? There's a whole lot, there's a whole lot of information in there. I'm willing to assume a lot of these purchases were not day one. I'm mm-hmm. willing to bet a lot of these purchases were on mass discount. And I'm willing to believe that all of these purchases were after three months, if not longer. Because here's the thing, the game is garbage. Now, to some people, it may not be. But for a lot of people, the biggest thing was like, this game is not a lot of substance. And I still hold to this very day, I don't understand why Sony thought a game that was about massive amounts of zombies with a biker was going to be a good idea. I still don't. I, I don't know what they thought was going to be relatable about a guy that looks like Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War with a biker jacket on facing a horde of zombies. It's not exciting to me. You already have Last of Us, which I don't even like, but I respect as being a really well-done game because everybody else seems to. But they seem to do the whole apocalypse thing a lot better. And from what I played of Days Gone within the two hours that I played of it before I said, I threw in the towel and just said, this is boring as hell. I can't do it. You know, it's it's a life to me. It's a lifeless game, and I think that even if it's sold well, it has nothing to do with the game itself. It had to do with the fact that it was a first-party Sony title. People are preconditioned to believe that these games are really good, and when you see a that's game me. drop in price rapidly, you probably buy that just to test it because that's what I did. I didn't think it was going to be that good because I'd seen reviews of it, 
But I thought, well, it's been, I think it was like almost a full year since it come out. And it was like 20 bucks. So I said, screw it. I'll try it. Worst case, it was only $20, but at least now it's probably been patched a bunch, so it shouldn't be a complete buggy mess. And within two hours, I said, okay, even if it's not a buggy mess, the problem is still that I can't attach to anything in this, and the gameplay is boring as hell. Yeah. So was it a so, flop? It may it may not have been technically in terms of like how many copies it sold, but I personally don't care because I don't want to see another one. See, for me, I being the Sony pony I am uh, platinum, the game uh, I thought the game was good. Like, I think the problem I had with that game is that it is a decent game, but you have to remember the, the, when this was coming out, like days gone was right around the time. Like we had gotten like, think of the games that came out for PS four. Like you have so many new IPs, you have ghost of Tsushima, you have horizon forbidden West, you have got a war, which I know not a new IP, but let's be honest. It was a pretty big reboot. Like, Sony was crushing it in terms of their exclusives. Like their exclusives were banger after banger and days gone while a good game didn't meet that pedigree that the other games were, were hitting. Uh, And I think it was a, it was a consequence of, you know, the reviews and how the reviews were done and stuff because the, as I recall, a lot of reviewers didn't like the game and it was, um, and I can see why like that game is way too long and it's way too drawn out. Um, so you talk about who wants to play against massive hordes in a biker. I thought it was awesome. Like going around in this empty world um, and like fighting those hordes was some of the best parts of that game. Like taking out hundreds, if not thousands of, of horde zombies in unique and creative ways and environments was awesome. I loved it. That was the best part of the game. Problem is you don't get to that until 30 hours in 40 hours into the game and that's your hook and you it's not there from the very beginning and i think that was a detriment so even when i was playing the game i'm like i liked it i had fun but by the end i was like this is way too long like you think it's ending and then it opens up a whole third part like it opens up like a what i would have almost felt would have been dlc and it just it drags on and on and on and so when you're a reviewer and you have a time crunch you have a situation where you have to go through now that's not to say it's the reviews that killed this game i think those hindered the success from the sales perspective but even from just a a pedigree in terms of what we expect and what we get from sony exclusives sony like sony ben's days gone wasn't was probably one of the weaker ones um certainly better than what you know order 1886 was but generally it is not it is a little bit lower than the the standard that the rest of those games that sony's studios were putting out do i think it's a bad game no i think it's a troubled game or i think it has problems and i think it kind of leaves it as a good if not you know a good average game but nothing that you know it's not going to be in the hallmarks like the other sony exclusives were and sony is going for those big heavy hitters and so to not hit that mark means that yeah you're gonna go and i think bend is lucky and i think bend has potential that they're not you know, shut down or closed or anything. Cause it kind of feels like you need to, you know, hit, you need to like make it or you're out with, with Sony and the fact that they're still around. I'm excited to see what they do, but yeah, days gone it had potential. I can see a second, a sequel. I can see a sequel doing very well. Like I feel like a lot of people are playing it now and a lot of people do like it, but I think it, it needs to kind of have a rehaul. So I don't think it's a failure, but I don't think 
it's a success either from a PlayStation perspective. I'll I'll go to the most painful thing I can say about it. I don't think it's capable of shining because it's such a it's an unoriginal idea. It's just a mm-hmm. game with big with more zombies to which I go, "Okay. What else what else you got? Like is there something like you you tell me you've played the whole game. Is is the story like really is like is it high caliber level storytelling because most that i've heard is it's not that great i liked i liked it um i liked it for the most part like i said i think it was just drawn out too loud too long um and so for me that was um that was the issue i had with it because like every like it was every view that i've seen of it doesn't really show anything shining about it like it just shows like it's either fine or it's like it's severely missing something yeah and like like i said it may technically not be a flop but like it's not exactly a game that people remember like i'm pretty sure most people forgot this game was was a thing until this story came out and they're Mm -hmm. like oh yeah the the fucking biker thing (laughs) and i still crawl like I still don't get it. What made you think a biker was going to be a really relatable character? Like, no, I, 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 I don't see what's, what's supposed to, I don't even remember the guy's name. That's how much I don't care. Every, yeah, every time I, I looked at the trailers for it, I'm like this, this, it, all it does is remind me of that, a uh, really, really, really bad biker game, uh, road to hell retribution, oh, ride yeah. to hell retribution or whatever it was. Yeah, I know what you're That's talking about. That's all it makes me think of. Because anytime I see anything relating to bikers in terms of video games, it's like it's always bad. Or it's usually like some random little villain gang in a GTA game kind of deal. Like it's never mm-hmm. anything like... I I can never imagine a game of the year high storytelling game to be a biker game. I just can't... I can't see it. So when like so whenever I see a game coming out and their their big main character is a biker dude, I'm thinking okay, so there's no substance to this game. It's just going to be, it's like, sure, it might just have some good action sequences, but like, I don't feel like I'm going to get invested in anything. To which, mm-hmm. if I wanted to just play a game with action, I'll get invested in anything, I'll pay Back for Blood. Because that's what Back for Blood is. There's no substance to it, but at least it's fun. And it yep. also apparently doesn't take 30 hours to get anywhere. I hear you. No, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think at some point, I don't know. Like it's weird because like they did put it on their PlayStation plus collection and like, they're still like advertising. Like it's getting more love than, you know, order 1886 has. And so like, well, that's because order 1886 truly is a really bad game. Once again, it had a neat concept. Yes. A neat concept, but also really garbage execution. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. But it was a launch title, so I can't be that angry at it. Launch titles always struggle. I don't know if it was a launch title. Wasn't it a launch title? Order 1886? Yeah, wasn't it it like a launch title? No. I'm positive it was. Nope. It was like... Let me see. Release date. 2015, so two years after the PlayStation came out. Jeez. (laughs) I could have sworn it was like a day one game. That's that's jarring to me. So it yeah. was that bad and not a launch game. Okay, yeah, no, that hasn't aged well. 
Yeah. Uh, Adam, any, uh, I think that, I think we've pretty much answered that question. Uh, let's wrap it up. It's been a, it's been a bit of an episode. Uh, have you forgotten that we still do trophy stumpers? No, I have not. Fantastic. I'm still undefeated, so I better know. Oh, we'll see. I, I, I've raised the stakes a little bit on this one, so we'll see okay. how you do on this okay. one. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Trophy Stumpers, I'm going to come to Adam with 10 different titles uh, of trophies from a particular game, and Adam has to guess what they are. Uh, Adam, are you ready to begin? I am. I, should, uh, I shouldn't have said anything. I guarantee I'm losing this now. Yeah. Oh, I, I got one. It's a, it, you'll see where this goes. Uh, first clue is Scrap Collector. Okay. Second, Wasteland Chef. All right, well, you're trying to throw me off here, so I'm going to let that one sit. Third one, Stop and Smell the Roses. Okay. Four is The Skilled Driver. Oh, jeez. Five is Blockhead. Oh. Okay. Six uh, is Power in the Machines. Oh, geez. All right. Rust is the New Black. Okay. Road Warrior. All right. On the Road to Nowhere. Okay. Ninth one is quench their thirst. All right. Last last one. Halls of Valhalla. Oh boy. So think it think it over. What what are some themes that you're seeing here? Uh, 10 of them. That's the problem. <laughs> and you giving Valhalla, like, your brain immediately thinks Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but that's not where your brain's going. And you're like, okay. okay, well, that's not gonna be too on the nose, will it? What are some of the other things that I'm pointing out here? A lot of stuff that you would say could lead into a Fallout thing. Okay, how so? Uh, Wasteland, quenching your thirst could be a Nuka-Cola thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the else, Rogue Warrior thing can also lead into something like a Mad Max. Okay. Not to mention, there's always like the... I don't think it would be Borderlands. I think Borderlands are a little more cuter with their trophy names, so I don't think it's Borderlands. Mm-hmm. But there, there are a lot of directions, and I may not even be right in any of the directions that I just mentioned. Okay. The Valhalla is the one that's tripping me up. That that okay. one is completely screwing with me right now. Can you quickly say it again, just so I can get I can get a sense of a couple of them? Yeah. So Blockhead, Rust is the New Black, Wasteland Chef, Road Warrior, Scrap Collector, On the Road to Nowhere, Quench Their Thirst, The Skilled Driver, Stop and Smell the Roses, Power in the Machine and Halls of Valhalla. Okay. I'm going to try something. Okay. I'm not I'm not using logic based on any sort of the achievements. I'm going to go on to see if you're trying to trip me up here. Is it Days Gone? 
It is not Days Gone, Damn it. sir. Oh, my God, have we stumped him. Uh, it is actually Mad Max. You said the game. Okay. See, yeah. that one does make sense. I also did not even think... I My brain wouldn't think Mad Max to, as a first guess because I'm like, is it big enough, though, to choose as Mad Max? Hey, any game and every game is valid, sir. Well, one of these days you're going to throw, I don't know, fucking some indie puzzle game, and I'm going to be like, well... No, I'm no, sure. no, no, no. I, I will give you... like so, so once again, the parameters of the game is I'm going to... I will pick games that I'm not going to pick random obscure games, but I'm going to pick games that you've probably heard of that, you know, got like some press and that the clues will give you towards that. Yeah. So, so I'm, once, at, I'm at least glad that I would, that I had it in my head. You were in the ballpark and I was like so close. The, I'm like, the only reason that I decided to go days gone is like, okay, there is enough there to make me associate like it's possible. And I'm like, he, I've been talking so much smack about it. What are the chances <laughs> that he decided as a joke to throw Days Gone on me? No, see, like the thing, the the, the clues that I was kind of thinking that were going to lead you there were Road Warrior, which is like a, it's, one of the it movies. 100% is, but also how many games have referenced 100%, it, right? Yeah. And then the other, like, I just wanted to get you thinking about like Cars, Wastelands, and then I was hoping that the Valhalla would be the the one that gets actually you i don't i don't know much about mad max to begin with so i don't even know what the valhalla would have to do with it have you not seen Ma- road warrior or not road warriors have you not seen uh fury road no it's one of those movies that i just never got around to adam you constantly disappoint me is, is it is it an anime where it's like a harem with a bunch of girls with big titties because because i might have seen that one kind of <laughs> i guess <laughs> no honestly it is a, a fantastic movie like probably it, it's one, one of, of those best. things where like there are those certain movies that i know are probably going to be something i really like and i just for if i don't watch it in the first six months it's really hard for me to get around dude to you are honestly gonna love mad max like it is a fantastic movie in terms of like the action sequences especially when a lot of the stuff is done like practical actually effects. weirdly like, enough i've played like a tiny bit of the game because it was free and i tried it mm-hmm. but i'm like i'm not really feeling open world right now so i got off of it and i've never yeah. gone back so i technically yeah. have even played this game but there you go. All right, sir. Well, that's going to do it for us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of 2022. We hope you've enjoyed it. As we told you at the beginning of the episode, our goal is to get to 100 subscribers. So if you've made it this far, hey, why don't you share it with your friends? Post it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook, wherever you do your social medias. Give us a shout out. We greatly appreciate it. If you want to get your name shouted out on the show, feel free to leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. It would greatly help us out. If you want to get more involved in the show, you can also reach out to us directly at pixelplaypodcast at gmail.com or searching for us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for pixelplaycast. If you want to be part of the Discord and chat with us and fellow fans, we do have an option there. Links will be in the description. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week. Have yourselves an awesome day. Bye for now.